in the highest meaning of I am to my beloved. I am to my beloved is not only that I must serve my beloved, it's not only that I um, serve my beloved with love. Not only serve my beloved with love, but I am to my beloved means that my whole being is my beloved. My whole being is about connection to my beloved. I have no other identity. And that is why in the ten verses that we recite in the prayer of Malchias, Rosh Hashanah, the tenth verse, which represents the highest highest verse, the last verse, which represents the whole purpose of um, the, the highest level of acceptance of the yoke of Hashem, the tenth verse is, God is one. We asked yesterday that it seems that um, the verses are about God's sovereignty, and this verse is anomaly, doesn't have God's sovereignty in it, and the whole purpose of reciting verses in this prayer is about God's sovereignty, and how come there's one verse with no mention of God's sovereignty? Even though the Talmud says its content, its theme is about God's sovereignty, but it wouldn't have been better if we would have another verse which had the word God's sovereignty in it. Why is it specifically that there is um, the tenth verse doesn't have it? And the answer is, is that the other verses talk about there being a people and the people accepting God as a king. The tenth verse is unique in that it doesn't talk about the people. Because the highest level isn't that you are a people and a separate entity and you accept God as your king. And you have your own life and you, all, you, all, you have your own things to do. Like in a human relationship, the relationship between a king and a people where they may accept the king as their king but they have their own things to do. The highest level is is that the people, the whole being of the people is the king. That they have nothing other than the king. That's, that, that's what their life is about. That, that, that their whole essence, their whole existence is their connection to the king. I am to my beloved and my whole being is about my connection to my beloved. And that is expressed in this verse, God is one. There's no, there's no, no discussion of the people. Because the, the meaning of God is one is that the whole world is part of God's oneness. Not just that God is a superpower, but everything, everything in the world is part and parcel of, of his oneness. It's part, part, of, uh, part of God, because everything in the world is, has an energy of Hashem which keeps it into existence. This will help us understand something else about Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is Zion. Rosh Hashanah, we have, um, it's, it's, it seems ironic, that in the day of Rosh Hashanah, which is the day of carrying God as a king, we specifically have a festive meal. And we're instructed to, specific, to specifically have, in the language of the Torah, fat meat and drink good wine. And if it's about carrying God as a king, why is there an emphasis on us eating and drinking? Why are we asking Rosh Hashanah? Isn't this how you carnate a king? With celebration. Celebration. That, I never thought of, you know, as you're saying it, they're, they're, that makes sense. One of the meanings of the blowing of the shofar, the Rosh Hashanah says is that it's like a trumpet. It's, it's, it's joyful. It's carnating the king. But, um, so there's definitely an idea of joy, yes. It's a celebration. We're happy, for sure. And we're not just happy. We're, by one of the meanings of, of eating the meat and, on a simple level in Shulchan is to show that we're certain that God has answered our prayers. And we are... Right, all this work of, of Chodeshavu. It was accepted. Oh, yeah. The um, Rosh Hashanah, we don't just um, coronate the king. We also ask Hashem right. for physical things. We yeah, also, now that you're a king... Give us this, give us that. So the question is, give us this, give us that is something which doesn't seem to be related to Rosh Hashanah because it's about carnating the king. And even celebrating the king's sovereignty, it would seem, isn't, um, 
isn't in sync with the the moment of the coronation isn't the time when you're when you're eating and drinking. The moment of the coronation is about the king. In other words, just like, you know, when we blow the shofar, right? It's, we're not eating and drinking then. So how come throughout Rosh Hashanah there is this, this festive um, atmosphere of eating and drinking specifically? While we're um, cr- while, while we're blowing the shofar, while we're praying, we're not eating and drinking. What's the what's the difference between um, praying and eating and and the, and, the, and the Rosh Hashanah meals? It seems that they, they both should be imbued with this this sense of carnating the king. What we're going to see is that um, that the uh, eating the idea of eating the meals of Rosh Hashanah and praying for our physical needs of Rosh Hashanah, based on what we just learned with the third layer of our relationship between us and Hashem and how our whole being is connected to Hashem, we'll see how our request for physical things and our celebration of Hashem's sovereignty isn't a contradiction to eating and drinking because that's what the king wants. The king wants the Jewish people to live in the physical world and to have physical things and to use those things to Hashem. So if your service of Hashem is uh, somewhat limited, um, then when you start eating and drinking, you're, you're focusing on you. You're not focusing on him. But if your service of Hashem is complete and total, if relationship to Hashem is that you or your whole being is Him, so then your eating and your drinking is also part of the service. I remember once my grandfather, before going to he tasked me with doing various things in the Chabad Center in Massachusetts, in Worcester, and some things I didn't like doing. And he told me, you don't like doing anything which is not openly holy. You want to do only holy stuff. I'll see over here, that explains why why that's um, why that's immature. Why why only doing only wanting to do holy things, things which seem holy, comes from a lack of of devotion to Hashem. If you're devoted to Hashem, describe one and the other. Well, but you could do things which are like putting on tefillin. Someone is an openly holy thing. You're doing mitzvah, oh. helping another person put on tefillin. Taking out cups for the coffee. Putting out cups for the coffee. Right? Not, not openly, clearly a holy thing. So 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 okay. what. What, what what is the um, what 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 do you feel like? Oh, I'm doing something good. Or, or uh, where do you feel um, that you are more connecting with Hashem? Yes. So so That's if a good you, example. Thank you if if you are uh, if you're really devoted to Hashem, so then it matters what Hashem wants you to do. It doesn't matter what 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 um, what that thing is. Maybe Hashem wants you to indulge in the physical and eat and to drink and to enjoy and to have all those things. In fact, Hashem wants you. To even pray for those things, because you you need to use those things in order to serve God properly. So, um, if you're not so devoted to Hashem, so then indulgence in the physical is a contradiction to uh, using using the word indulgence. The phys- your, your involvement, your connection to the physical to physical things, is is you're veering away from your devotion to Hashem. That's if you're. If your devotion to Hashem is, is limited, if your devotion to Hashem is, um, well, let's read it inside and then we'll, we'll, we'll get this better. This idea that the highest level of devotion to God is that your whole being is nothing other than the existence of Hashem, or an analogy, the existence of the King. This is expressed also in the fact that on Rosh Hashanah, the physical world, the physical, our physical needs are highlighted. That isn't a contradiction. That actually is an expression of the highest level 
of devotion to Hashem. Gumash Kasa Gos Maimunis, Shain on the Nimr Hashana, Yonimazhu. It says in Gos Maimunis, a person is only judged on Hashana about material things. I don't know how this fits in with what sells elsewhere in Chassidus. We say on uh, on Thursday, Hanyom Yom, there's a judgment for for how much godliness we will receive throughout the year as well. Our spiritual lives are also judged. But Dagoz Maimon is clearly uh, something else. He says that we're only judged by physical things. So we specifically ask, write us down the book of good life. Write us down in the book of sustenance this means in a simple sense, what are we asking for? To live physically in a simple sense. To have an actual livelihood, to have an actual um, financial um, uh, blessing in a simple sense. It's customary to eat fatty meats and to drink wine and all kinds of sweet things. For the year should be a sweet and fat year physically. It says in Ezra, eat fatty food and drink sweet things. It doesn't make sense. When a Jew is involved in crowning the king, why should he ask about physical things? Or why should he try to make his food sweeter and fatter physically? The explanation is... We just, we just finished Tanya talking about how we're not supposed to care for any of that stuff. So that's what's the answer. The answer is, when your service of Hashem incarnating the king is with total devotion to God, that your whole being is nothing other than the king. So you see this also in your physical lives, in your physical parts of your life, that you don't look at the physical things in your life as the needs of the body, as a separate entity. Rather, what you look at them as, this is what the king wants. This is the desire of the king. Hashem wants us to serve him with our physical body, to have physical blessings. In order that we should serve God with joy and gladness of heart, as Maimonides writes in the beginning of chapter 9 in the laws of Tshuva, that the Torah promises that if we will devote ourselves to God, God will remove all things that stop us from serving God, including He'll give us health and finances and everything we need to serve Him. So it's not a contradiction because you need those things because that's what the king wants. The king says, I want the souls to go in bodies and to serve me in, with joy and gladness of heart. And you need to have all these things to do that. So it's not a contradiction. And more, uh, that says more. Look at the bottom of, of the first paragraph, of column of 173. If your acceptance of Hashem is on the highest of levels, your acceptance of the yoke of Hashem is a feeling of love of God with a great joy. As long as you are a separate entity, there's someone else outside. So then your main service of Hashem is when you're doing spiritual things, when you're doing soul things. I'm a separate entity. When do I serve God? When I do God stuff, when I do soul stuff, when I do spiritual stuff. When I do things which are associated with my part of God in me, my soul. Regarding my body, I just want my body shouldn't disturb my service of my soul. I don't want my body to get in the way. But so it doesn't make sense that I'm crowning the king, and I'm supposed to crown the king with joy and happiness. Why would I ask for my needs? Why should I ask my, the needs of my body 
when I'm crowning the king. If, I, if I'm just at the beginning of the service of God, acceptance of the yoke of God, but I'm a separate entity, I may accept Hashem's sovereignty with happiness, with joy, etc., but I'm still a separate entity. It's not, I am in my clothing and eating the food that I'm in. By the way, that's a nice t-shirt, by the way. Anyways, so... Sorry, uh, by the way, what? Nothing. Anyways, so, so I'm still a separate entity. So the stuff that I'm doing for me is, is not godly. However, if I, I, I sense and I connect and I realize that my whole being is about Hashem, so then my physical needs are also God's desire. Therefore, asking for physical needs is part of the service of Hashem. How can I serve Hashem without money? How can I serve Hashem without health? I need, I need those things in order to serve God properly. It's not a contradiction. Kash, let's read the Rebbe's words. One second. However, when the coronation of the king is done in a perfect way, he's not an entity for himself. But his whole being is the existence of the king. The existence of his body and the needs of the body aren't a separate entity from God. It's not something that they have to make an effort. It shouldn't disturb the soul. And there's, when the person is at the first level of serving God, so he has a soul arena, he has a part of his life which is soul, which is spiritual, he has a part of his life which is physical, and he doesn't want the physical part of his life to interfere with the spiritual part of his life. His service of God shouldn't be disturbed by the needs of the body. That's one level. But the higher level is, the existence of the body and the needs of the body is the king. What is the body? The body is the king. The needs of my body is the existence of Hashem. Therefore, it's relevant that he thinks and he asks for his body and for his physical needs. Because that's what the king wants. That's what the king dictates. The king says, you have to be alive and you have to be healthy and you have to have all these things in order to serve him. It's not a contradiction. That's what... If your service of Hashem is 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 just starting, and you feel that you have your own life, so then yeah, your body needs your 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 um, bottom line and your finances are all about you. So you want to make sure that you don't go to, um, to go too far in, in in the needs of your body because it's con- it's going to interfere with the needs of your neshama. But if you have a higher perspective, then your your attitude to why you're going out to work and why you're taking care of your body is because that's what God wants. So it's, it's, there's no dissonance, no schism, there's no, no separation between the your your attention to the needs of your body, intention, needs of your soul. It's all part of God, the service of Hashem. And it's an idea. Yeah, but why do we have to ask for it? That's what he wants to just be given. It's like so, saying, don't think about a hat, you think about a hat. Want us to not think about bodily needs and don't have us ask for it and just provide it and not to Hashem wants us to. It's, it's, the <laughs> reason you have to ask for it is for as for ourselves. We need to ask for it for ourselves so we should realize what it's about, where it comes from. Um, for our, to us to connect. It's setting us up to fail by asking it for ourselves with a little asterisk at the end, by the way. Not really for us, but it's okay. because you want us to have it. So, so there is another for bringing, we discussed this, we, we learned it a few times. The the Rebbe talks about about Chana when she asked she prayed to Hashem for a, a child Rosh Hashanah and um, and Eli thought when she was praying she was the first one to pray Shemona Esrei to pray with her face to the wall pray silently and Eli said 
Why are you drunk in the Beis HaMikdash? And so, so Chana didn't said, I'm not drunk, I'm pouring my soul out to God. So we learned that it's not that Eli thought she was physically drunk. She was obviously earnestly in prayer. Eli thought it's, un, it's unfitting to ask God for your own need to have a child in front of the king. It doesn't make sense. Standing in front of God, you're asking for yourself. So Chana responded, I'm not asking for myself. I'm pouring my soul out to God. My soul wants all these things. The Jewish people. I'm going to dedicate my child to, to be Shmuel Hanavi, the, right. the, 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 who will lead the Jewish people. This is for the sake of God. So it's not it's not that I'm um doing something for me. This is what my soul wants. This is what you want. Well, that, that makes sense if you're Chana and you know what's going on and you're a prophet. <laughs> good, 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 good. What do we, we really know what we want? Good. So so, so that's what the Rebbe says in that talk. The Rebbe says that you have inside of you an Eli. You have inside of you a Chana. Your Eli has to ask your Chana. You're, you have to actually question yourself when you're asking for physical things and say, why am I asking for these things? Why am I asking? You Eli needs to ask for your Chana? Your Eli has to ask, aren't you drunk? What are you doing? It's a Shoshana. Why are you asking for yourself? And that the purpose of that question is this. to summon the deepest part of your soul, the Chana in you, and say, no, I'm asking because I want to serve God. I want, I want my child to serve Hashem. So, so in that for bringing, the emphasis over there is, it's 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 very similar to what we're learning here, but it's not not the same idea exactly. Here, they were saying that that that, that, that you're you're at a here they were talking about a higher level. Here they were talking about about someone who is in the level of Chana, and they're devoted to Hashem completely, and therefore there's no there's no there's no um, there's no question about the physical needs and the physical body, and that's all part of the service of Hashem. There's, there's Eli is the one who is asking. Isn't it? Eli was like the first level of serving God, where you're still separate entity. Therefore, you can't ask for your needs. And the uh, the, the perfect coronation of the king is where you sense that your whole life is about Hashem, and therefore there's no contradiction between your requests and your 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 um, and your coronation. You need those things to serve Hashem. Okay. This is going to help us understand the fifth and final acronym of the month of El. The final acronym of the month of El is Geula. So we learned that there are five acronyms in El. We learned the first three are about Torah, prayer, and kindness. Those are the things we're supposed to do. Then we learned that there is Teshuva. Teshuva is not just something you're supposed to do if you mess up, but as we learned, Teshuva means to do things with a sense of returning to yourself and returning to God. You're not, every time you learn Torah, every time you pray, every time you do kindness, you have to feel, I am to my beloved. I want to connect to Hashem. That's the fourth acronym of El. The fourth acronym tells us that the, the way to approach your Torah, the way to approach your prayer, the way to approach your kindness, you want to connect to Hashem. And as Rebbe emphasized earlier, that even when you're taking out the garbage, so to speak, in yourself, you're taking out the stuff in yourself which leaves much to be desired, even those things, you have to feel this is also part of your closeness to Hashem. You shouldn't feel only Ugh, it's garbage. You should feel ah, I'm, I'm getting closer to Hashem by removing this thing which which which, which I didn't need, need, need to have in my life. Now we're going to learn the fifth and the highest acronym of the month of Elul, the idea of redemption. What's redemption mean? Redemption is about the redemption is about the third layer of the service of Hashem. The third layer is I am not just a servant of my beloved. I don't just serve my beloved with love in this, as a second layer. But I am, my whole being is connection to my beloved. I have nothing else in me other than connection to my beloved. 
if you're serving God with beyond acceptance of the yoke of God because you feel you you must, but you love God, but there's still an entity of yourself. You're still in exile. You're still outside. Geula means redemption means that you are freed from anything outside of the king. There's nothing in you that is separate from the king, and that's what Anilo does. The whole meaning of 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 the whole being of my eye is about my beloved. So, just in short, the three layers are: I devote myself to my beloved. That's the first meaning. How do I devote myself to my beloved? Through the first three acronyms of the month of Elul, through Torah, through prayer, through kindness. And in what manner should I approach those things? That's a second layer of I am to my beloved. I should approach those things because I want a connection to God. And this leads us to the fifth and highest level of the acronym of Elul, redemption. Redemption means I am about, I'm nothing other than my beloved. All I am is my beloved. I have nothing else to myself. All I am is him. That's the highest level of of Elul, freedom, redemption, where there's no separate entity other than him. And, okay, that's that's the basic um, idea that Rebbe says in uh, this section. But uh, Rebbe asks a few interesting, interesting questions. I'll try to go through them if we have time. Um, question number one is, why did it say, I am to my beloved? What's the I for? Just say beloved, right? If we're talking about absolute devotion, no other entity, all there is is connection to God, so why is why is there an emphasis of I, right? Good question, right? Why is there an I over there? So the answer is like this. It's kind of similar to what we learned before. If my devotion to God expresses itself in negating myself, even if I'm successful and pushing myself aside for the sake of Hashem, but it's not that I, my persona, is to my beloved. It's more like my I'm pushing myself to be closer to my beloved, but it's not me. So there gives a, a very interesting, seemingly far out, far out, far out analogy. Uh, imagine the um, seven nations living in the land of Israel before the Jewish people came there. Torah says that we are, we are commanded to wipe out all those nations. We come to Israel, they're not our friends, to get rid of them. So there are no more uh, of, those, of those seven nations alive today. And yet... There's a mitzvah for all generations to destroy those seven nations. The mitzvah didn't stop. The mitzvah is a mitzvah which is forever. Although the mitzvah can't be done because there's no, there's no one to get rid of. However, um, that's still a mitzvah today. So the mitzvah is, if they would be here, to get rid of them. So in a similar way, if my devotion to God is about negating myself, even if I am pushing myself aside for the sake of God, it's still there's still a a possibility for that I to lurking somewhere in me to surface and to say, well, there's, there's still some friction between me and God. There's there's there's, there's an I over here that, which is being negated. There's an I which is being pushed aside. However, the Torah therefore says, what's the highest level? I'm to my beloved. Not that I push myself aside and I negate myself, but I as I am I. I am my persona. I the way I think, I the way I feel, I the way I, I I walk around in my shoes, doing my things, I am to my beloved. That my whole being is, as a human being in the world, is about my beloved. That's the highest level. That there is an I, that there is someone. And yet, what is the sum about? The someone is about his beloved. It, it's kind of similar to the... Um,
distinction Hasidus makes between the two phrases, God is one versus God is unique. There are three ways to say something is um, solitary, something that is, is, is alone. One is saying God is, uh, in Hebrew, you could say God is first, you could say God is one, you could say God is unique. Well, first is a wrong word to use because first says there must be a second. But then say God is one, one is something which is happens to be one, but one could also be the beginning of a series of numbers, one, two, three, and four. Unique is the best word I would seem to use about God because it's not only that um, there, there is no possibility of anybody else. So why when we say in our prayers, God is one, why don't we say the different word in Hebrew, yachid, which means unique? Why are we emphasizing, why do we use the word one instead of the word unique? One, we can't use the word God is first, although he is first, because that would indicate there are other things, that other, other gods that emerge later. We can't use the word, um, the question though is, why do we use the word God is one, not the word God is unique? And the answer is, the word one specifically is confusing, because it, it, by its nuance, it encompasses more than the word unique. Unique is kind of like we were discussing before, negating reality, negating the, 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 the false appearance of, 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 the, of the physical reality. That's not the way things seem. All there is is him. There is no physical world. That's what unique would mean. God is, God is unique would mean on a personal level that we don't um, address the physical world. We just say that God is, all things we see aren't, aren't the way they seem. However, God is one means that the seven heavens and the four directions and all the existence of everything in the world has a godly spark in each of those things, in each of those billions and trillions of things that keep those things ticking in existence. God is one means, as we went yesterday, that in the seven heavens and the four directions, everything, there's a godly energy which keeps them all in existence, and they're all part of God's oneness. So that's that's a really um, uh, a far deeper appreciation for us as human beings uh, of Hashem's truth. To say that God is unique and there's no existence besides Him at all, and to not talk about the seven heavens, not talk about the four directions, is for us is a, is a bit of a fantasy. What do you mean? You're looking at four directions, you're looking at seven heavens, what do you mean that all there is is Him? But to say that the seven heavens, the four directions are part of Him, that's real to us. That's something we could talk about. That's why Hashem tells us in our prayers, don't say God is unique. Don't talk about Hashem is how Hashem is beyond creation. That may be true, but that's not, that's not real to you. So therefore Hashem tells us in our prayers, say Shema. Actually the word Shema means to gather means to gather your whole self and your whole life and your, everything that's going on in your life and to realize whatever's going on in your life is all part of Hashem's truth. That's, that's what Shema is about. And therefore, in Shema, when we're gathering it all together and, and, and we're thinking that everything in our life comes from Him and is about Him, we say Hashem is one. Highlight the seven heavens, the four directions, are, is all part of Him. And that is also why we say, I am to my beloved. We won't just say, there is a beloved. There has to be an I. Because Hashem wants... Redemption means that we feel in our lives that all that exists in our lives is all all Him. That it, it exists, it's there. And what is it really? What's a, what's the theme? What's the content of it? It's Hashem's truth. And this brings us to the actual coming of Mashiach. What's coming of Mashiach going to be? It's going to be a revelation of Hashem's sovereignty. Although we'll see, as we say in our prayers at the end of davening, on that day, and we see also in the verses of sovereignty in Rosh Hashanah, in the same prayer, on that day, Hashem will be a king over the whole world. Hashem will be one, His name will be one. Havayach will be the revelation of Hashem's truth in the physical reality, the physical world. How do we reach that truth? 
by today in our lives an aniladei. Not just I must serve my beloved. Not just I must serve my beloved. Not just I want to serve my beloved with love. But what is my whole being and what's going on in my life? It's only my beloved. It's only connection to my beloved. That's why Hashem made me. It's only about serving Him. It's only about connection to Him. That brings me and it brings the world. That that attitude brings, brings the world to this, this time that we'll see this with our eyes of all there is is Him. Any questions, comments? Yes. Maybe the right? Yeah. Maybe the king. I mean, if you think about Bittel, when a person is hadi, then nothing else exists. Sure. Right. Or anything else. And when you Bittel, then everything exists. Then you have a whole world in your hands. You have the possibility. If not, nothing exists, period. Or maybe it, it, in answer to Dezeb's question, maybe... The, Zeb, pay attention. He's answering your question. All right. Maybe in, uh, in the analogy of service to the king... If we're all the, you know, Tizvos Hashem, if we're all the soldiers of Hashem, any king who's surrounded by his soldiers to do his will, the soldiers have to be well-maintained, well-armed, well-fed. There has to be, you know, care for the quality of the people who support him to accomplish his deeds. Yeah. And we can't ignore that. We can't just be, you know, I sublimate myself to the king and I'm going to ignore my own existence. Right. That's like communist China. Right. That's your model, you know? Your model... Your business model is the best business model. You have you, you, you check your you, on the month of El we're supposed to check our film. So Rabbi Bresman works on the second floor, and Doctor Bresman works on the first floor of the Bresman residence. You go upstairs to check his film. Go downstairs to do a physical. I did, I did it. Uh, and they're on the corner. A long of the time street. ago. The corner of the street. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the so, corner. So, so, so it's not corner, a yeah. It's just both part of the same the same service of Hashem. Upstairs and downstairs. Some people are like I like going the upstairs. I was like, well, I, 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 oh, that's a Jewish holy thing. Downstairs. I like Dr. Bresson, but going through a physical is not so fun. Anyways, but 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 that's that's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants upstairs and downstairs. And it shouldn't be contradiction. It shouldn't be like, oh, this is upstairs. I like upstairs. No, it should be like downstairs. That's Hashem also. You want to hear fascinating I, story? I do, but Rabbi Breed wants to start them with Black Amy. It takes less one minute. Go ahead. Cool. Couple months ago, there is a. Oh, I hate the. Right. I don't Sorry. know. All right. I don't know. We walk outside. We walk outside. Come on. The people waiting.